0: Good morning, Celebration Church, wherever you're at in Stevens Point, Appleton, here in Green Bay. Can we all stand up together? Let's say this this is who we are, this is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Let's say this We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Good to have everyone with us at all of our campuses. Uh, Pastor Mark, he had a marriage event in Canada this weekend, so he's actually traveling back to Green Bay, so... Uh, pray that he gets in safely. Uh, Great to have him out doing that. We just had a marriage event here in Green Bay. It was great. We had like 900 people here in Green Bay. And uh, so we uh, added another event. We're going to Appleton. So we'd encourage you to go to markgunger.com. You can get tickets there. It's going to be a special one-night event. It's going to be this coming up Friday. And if it sells out, we're limiting it to 250 seats. It's such a cool place. In Stevens Point, you're pretty close. Appleton, you're there. Green Bay, if you didn't get a chance to go, go. And if it sells out, we're going to add another night. So uh, check that out, and it'll be a great opportunity to focus in on your marriage. Uh, It's also a mission Sunday today, and uh, so we're going to take a missions offering at the end of our service. We wanted to give you an update with where we're at with Go Beyond and missions. We'll take a look at Go Beyond first, put up the slide. Uh, We've got a $1.2 million goal. Uh, We've kind of gone beyond the date of our campaign, but the idea is we want to be faithful, and we want to hit The mark that we've been running after. And right now we uh, have given $1,162,725. Thank you for giving to that. We got a little over $30,000 to go. And uh, our church's fiscal year uh, ends in June, and we start all over again in July. And and that's when the banks take a look at our books and where we're at, and we're working on refinancing the church. Uh, Go Beyond has been a big part of that. We've got a little over 30,000 to go, and so we're encouraging you uh, over these next few weeks, as we close out through June, consider what you might be able to do over and above, maybe bring in something special, and help us close our fiscal year well. And uh, that'll really help us out, so we encourage you to hang in there as we reach towards our goal. Maybe we'll be able to close it out before the fiscal year Comes to a close. Uh, we also have our missions giving, very, very cool. Uh, last year, uh, if you take a look at the slide, we gave, uh, the year, this is year to date, January to today, was just uh, over $32,000 given. And we've done double that so far this year with over $64,000 given. <clears throat> And we, uh, we are able to do some really neat things all around the globe. Recently, we sent off our Transition One students. That's our Gap Year program. They study about how to do life right, uh, graduating seniors here in Green Bay. And then, uh, and then they spend the next three months, they go and they go do a big missions trip. We sent students to uh, the Philippines and to India, and we sent a team with Pastor Joe into both of those locations. We've got a little video that we want to show you about the impact that we're making here at the church. Oh, <music>
1: Well here uh, we are in one of the first villages that we're going to visit here in India. We arrived about two days ago and finally we've gotten out to the rural areas here. We're out in the middle of nowhere in the the northern part of the state of Maharashtra. And uh, this is a village called Pada. and uh, this is a church behind me that Pastor Sushil and his friends planted. students, Luke and Matthew, are going to be staying here in this church and uh, working with Pastor Ujwal. And so day by day, there'll be a team, and he's going to have things for them to do to help assist the church, to do the outreach in the areas, helping with the Milk Project in Bawadi and other places, uh, other outreaches uh, in the community. And so uh, it's really great that we can trust Matthew and Luke into the hands of this good man who's got a lot of great years in ministry, and is a trustworthy servant of God, so, amen.
0: Thank you for giving in the missions, we'll have that opportunity at the end of the service. That's awesome. We've got a very special guest this morning, Brad Stein. He's got a lot of energy, so give him a big round of applause here at Celebration Church. I'm over here. I'm over here. You're looking there. Well,
2: you're stealing that? He's still in the podium. Somebody, security. Guy came in, stole it twice. I'm glad to be here. I am happy to be part of you people. I'm glad that you are spread out. I'm glad that people don't want to get next to each other. What a wonderful, loving church. I love churches that leave giant gaps everywhere you can look. One family comes in, the other one's like, you don't get close to us. So I'm happy. I appreciate it. I appreciate your applause. Wow. It's a tradition. Applause is a tradition. We don't know why we do it, but we do. And it's cool because I don't know you. You don't know me. So it's kind of like our way of shaking hands. With the added bonus, I don't have to touch you people. Because shaking hands is a weird tradition. We do it. We never question it, but we do it. It's just odd to me because it seems counterintuitive to what somebody would do to strangers. Yes, I've never met you in my entire life, so perhaps we should hold hands. Yes, this is even more awkward than I had hoped. I got an idea. Let's make it worse. Let's hold hands and move them up and down rhythmically for no reason. That's why all the people around can see how foolish we look. And they did. They looked at him. Why are they doing that? And of course, the answer is climate change. But anyways, I like these smart people over here. You guys follow them. They're going to get it all. I am excited to be back in Green Bay, Wisconsin, at ten thirty in the morning, Sunday celebration church. It's exciting to be part of this. I love the entire Wisconsin feel uh, the entire idea that you are hard uh, people from a lineage of hard stock, people that had to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps, the kind of people that knew what made America great. And let me tell you what I love about Wisconsin. You hunt, you fish, and you don't apologize for it. That's why I love coming right here. This is America. This is who we are. Ah, oh, sick up to here with political correctness. Don't shoot the animals. They might get their feelings hurt. This is Wisconsin. You don't even pretend to be animal rights activists. <laughs> you people are see the bunny, shoot it, eat it, make a hat. <laughs> out of the hey, hats, a cute bunny. Yeah, that sure was. Right here. <laughs> is that a snake? Nope, that's a boot right there. Put it out. There you go. Oh, you don't even have normal cheese. If it doesn't squeak, it ain't real. That's what I know. That's what I know. Forget this Roquefort and all this Swiss special age hundred-year-old. Doesn't squeak, then it ain't nothing. You got squeaky cheese. Freaks me out. It's weird. I hear it. I smell it. You want to hear your food. It's like fighting back. Ow, ow. Stop it. That's what's going on. That's what's happening. That's what's going on. I love her. She's scared to death. Her friends are like, look straight ahead. He won't talk to us. (laughs) What's he doing to Sylvia? I don't know. Leave him alone. (laughs) It's all right. You got a good spot there. You always get the front. (sighs) She's like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Normally they don't talk to me in church. It's okay. She's confused. It's all right. We're here to have fun today. Fun means God wants you to have joy. Joy is something God gives us, something that nobody else has. Have you ever thought about that in the entire universe? The only thing that laughs is people, only us, okay? The the sun doesn't laugh. Molecules don't laugh. Animals don't laugh. Animals don't laugh. That's why we eat them. You frown, you're going down. That's the way it has to be. There had to be a hierarchy of how the world was going to play out. Why? Because God designed it. And He had a way, a formula, a, 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 an expectation of what He was given to us and how He wanted the rules to go, because He's God, see? And each one of the places that we would become would be unique. Even the states, even the United States tried to emulate that, like Wisconsin. Different. You're different than the other states, completely different. You're unique. I was uh, driving over a bridge uh, of, of a lake here uh, of a number of months ago, and there was like seven tents in the middle of the lake. Now, I'm not an outdoorsman, but I'm thinking that has got to be the most disappointing camping trip. <laughs> everything's hard. Everything's cold. There's no firewood. What do you do? And guess what I found out? And this is why I love you folks. They're not camping. You know what they were doing? Yes. I love it how you guys say it like fishing, obviously. (laughs) What else would you do in January? (laughs) That's what kind of people, only squeaky cheese people would create that kind of environment. You know what? It's freezing out. I'm going to die. Let's fish. That's what I'm going to do. I'm fishing. (laughs) Are you serious? I'll bring a tent. You know, you got a house. Stay there. But anyways, they went. They took their home there because you are innovators. That's my point. God gave each one of us a skill set and an ability to think, to be creative, and find ways to engage the culture that he gave us, to to, to, to engage the nature that he gave us. And you're doing it in your unique way because you're fishing in January. That to me is passion. How passionate do you have to be to fish that you can't even wait for the water to get wet? Because I believe that everything you do in life, God's there to give you clues to how best to do it. But you have to discipline yourself and prepare yourself to hear from him. Everything you do, are you used to that? Everything you do, should I turn left or right? I don't know, what do you think, God? Everything. You have access to the creator of the universe. And he allows you to be unique and have your own DNA, your own signature piece. He has expectations for you to do what others do. There's certain uh, means of morality that God says will never change but you also get to be an individual. See, so you guys decided you would fish in January. That's Wisconsin, they don't do that in Arizona. (laughs) But I'm just wondering to myself, wouldn't God give us clues to what a good day to fish might be? And I'm thinking, if I'm going fishing, but I have to bring a saw. (laughs) Not a good day to fish. If I can get out into the middle of the lake without a boat. Not a good day to fish. If I can throw my worm out into the water and when it hits it gets a concussion. <laughs> not a good day to fish. But you're Wisconsinites. You said, "We will adapt to this to this nature." to this frozenness. We still want to go find food. We will use the creative power God gave us to figure out how to get inside and take care of business even when it shouldn't be possible, which what makes me feel sorry for the fish because they probably wait all summer hoping this thing will freeze over and give themselves a shot. They're like, we're good, guys, it's frozen. We're good, and you're like (laughs) Seriously? It's January. Learn to skate. (laughs) Feel sorry for fish. They get no dignity whatsoever, not like the other foods that we eat. What do I mean? It's the only thing I know that we hunt, that you can hunt a fish, catch a fish, cut off the fish's head, skin the fish, cook the fish, eat the fish, then complain because it tastes fishy. (laughs) We're angry that it tastes like itself. No other meat product has this issue. You're never eating a steak going, Waiter! This is very cowy. It's almost like a, I don't know, beefy flavor. And my salad has gone bad. It tastes like lettuce? Does that make sense? No, fish should taste like fish. But we complain instead of being grateful that we actually found a fish. Why? Because gratefulness means that you're happy and excited and grateful for what you have, being content in all things. See, you had to learn that up in this area because it's a rough area. The first people that came here, the traders, the trappers, whatever they were, right? Traders and trappers. I just said traders and trappers. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Obviously, none of you do either. That's, that's the key. <laughs> they came up here, and they had to go through hard times, and you guys kept a lot of that hard times to remind yourself of what it took to be a Wisconsinite. I can't drive here. You guys must be the greatest drivers that have ever lived in the face of the earth, because things are happening on your roads, I didn't know still happen in the 21st century. See, I'm not used to a sign warning me about an animal that might leap out. Ah! Get a zoo for crying out. First time I saw a deer cross, I'm like, Why do you let them on? If you got deer jumping out of the road, let's not put up a sign. Let's put up a wall, guys. Dig a moat. Get a stun gun. They invented barbed wire. Use it. But you guys are going, you, you, you guys can't, you, you got deer jumping out on the road. You act like that's normal. <laughs> that's normal if you live in a cartoon. What do they do? Jump out in top hats? Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Ah! Dancing in Wisconsin deer. And they're always getting hit, too. They're always getting hit. I counted 12 deer crossing signs on the way here, which is ironic because I counted 13 dead deer. So... Clearly, the deers are taking this sign literally. And it's always the little deer. It's always the little, uh, uh, like, girl deers, the fawns, or, huh? Does? Wait, what's the the baby? Fawn. Okay, and what's a girl? So does a deer, a a female deer? Now, give me a second. I got to figure out a way to remember that. Um, but I noticed that the doe are dead, the fawn are dead. Don't see any animal rights activists stopping and trying to give them mouth to the snout resuscitation. Nothing. <laughs> little deer paddles to get them going.
0: <laughs>
2: Nothing. They don't care. They just leave them dead on the side of the road and I notice it's always these little babies ones, these little innocent ones. Why? They don't have the experience yet. And it's never a 10-point buck on the side of the road cuz he learned to send his family out first. <laughs> Every C.A. son says deer crossing. Give it a shot, boy. Let's see what goes. All right, sweetheart. Let's keep going. Come on. All right. Right here, babe. All right. Going to need a new wife next season. But, uh, but he learned to adapt to circumstances. And that's just a deer. We're humans. We're designed to do as God would have us do. And to redeem the culture. Why? Because it went broke. It broke. It broke. It wasn't supposed to be that way. Started out good. In the beginning, it was good, right? Because we're talking about God, the ultimate creator of all things. G-O-D, three letters, the most powerful three-letter word of all time. Because how you think about God will affect every single thing you do for the rest of your life. Everything. Why? Because if God's real, you got to serve him. you got to do what he says. He's the rule maker. And if you don't believe in God, then you make up your own rules. It works great unless somebody else has different rules and a gun. Because it will only then be power and tyranny when there's no longer a moral standard of absolute. So I want to talk about that just for a moment today. G-O-D God. G reminds us of Genesis. Why? Because the first thing you need to understand is what was things supposed to be like in the beginning? What did God want things to be like before we messed them up? What's the first thing God honored? Life. Life. He was excited about that. He made male and female. He made man from the dust of the earth. That's why we like to get dirty. It's like a family reunion. I remember you. <laughs> Men are made from the dust of the earth. That way, when science figures out that we have the same uh, complexity and same sort of uh, uh, chemistry and attributes of all the rest of the stuff. We'll realize that we all came from the same area. God used the same materials. That's fine, but then something unique happened to humans. He said he breathed life into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. At that time, you became eternal. At that time, you became the ability to be like God in the environment he gave you, the earth. That's how it was supposed to be. We were going to create things from nothing. We were going to use dirt to create buildings, and we could create steel and compasses, and, and, and we could think into the future and into the past, and we could even make people. And that's how it started out. He breathed life into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. But then God said, it's not enough. So he pulled from his rib, and he made her. He fashioned her a woman, a woman, a womb man from man's womb. She came, that's right, men were the first ones to give birth. Then we stepped back, observed our handiwork, and said, okay, ladies, you can take it from here. I got a Packer game to go see. Let's see the Packers. See, that's how you can always get a clap in church in Green Bay, my goodness. Jesus or the Packers? Either one gets a good flaws. But where was I? Oh, yes. So there they sat. In the beginning, male, female. Equal, but separate. The same, but different. That's what God said. In the beginning, everything was perfect, right? Before sin, no, it was not. He said, it's good I made all the creation, but it is not good that man should be alone. And we weren't. We had God. He said, no, I'm going to make something exactly like you, but completely different. It's going to be something you're going to want, desire, and need more than life itself, and it's going to drive you out of your mind. You're gonna to have to learn a new language. Though, though even though you're speaking in English, you're gonna to have to understand what she meant. <laughs> you're gonna to have to learn to read her mind and anticipate what she needs months in advance. You're gonna to have to earn this, this female, because that's how he made us. And that was the beautiful thing about it. God knew what he wanted to give us because he's like. Us. He was there first. What does I mean? What does God call himself? He always describes himself in the masculine term, as a man. You think I'm out? Canadian? You read your Bible. He always calls himself Father. And up until a couple years ago, that was considered a dude. I didn't know that was going to get complicated. But it is. Complicated now. What else do we know that why do we know God's a guy? Because he worked hard for six days and then took a nap. (laughs) So he could watch the game. How else do we know God's a guy? Everything he invented, he said, was good. And this is before duct tape, I might add. Matter of fact, if God had used duct tape, he would have used a real duck. He's got and lastly, as I pointed out, how do we know beyond a shadow of a doubt God Almighty is a guy because he invented women. And more importantly, they were naked. I'm sorry, only a guy would have come. <laughs> got a few Southern Baptists going, I don't believe he said naked in church. I'm trying to have a pure thought life and now I've got naked people stuck in my head. All I can see is naked people dancing through tulips and ivy. Why would he say naked at church with children around? And God said it was good. It was good. Whoa, yeah, there they are. There they are. Got the youth, the youth right there. How old are you, blue shirt? How old? 15. I wondered about that. All the other older men are going, interesting theological concept. 15's got a smile going to the back of his head. (laughs) Suddenly, church took a new dimension for 15. <laughs> Suddenly, he's a theologian. Look at him. Tell me more of this Genesis. <laughs> and the naked women therein. <laughs> it's all right, son. You were designed by God to desire women. Women are designed by God to desire man. But he set a parameter about how that would be done in a holy, sacred space. And that's the good news, 15. God's still handing out naked Ladies. But they're very expensive (laughs) you're going to want one of your very own here's what God charges for his girls marry her commit your life to her, no divorce no running around no cheating, no leaving watch over her, protect her, defend her and provide for her until you die If you can't do that, you don't deserve a woman. If any woman out here does not demand that commitment for her, she doesn't love herself as much as God Almighty does. That's the cost. You've got all the goods. You're the ones that we need. You've got all the good parts. You think I'm kidding? There are men in this world right now that for the opportunity to have a woman will literally blow themselves up. (laughs) Women aren't doing this for men. (laughs) Nobody's going up to a woman and says, I can give you 70 men if you blow yourself up. They're like, no, I don't think we want that (laughs) at all. Had he said you get 70 pairs of shoes... Why? Because men and women are completely different. Made, completely different. Manufactured, completely different. Have a different insight, a different uh, structure, a different need. Because God said when they come together, they become one. What am I saying? He said that God is, in fact, male, female. He is parts of himself. And he split them up so that we have to learn to come together and give to each other. That's what anybody knows about marriage. It doesn't work unless you literally learn how to just give yourself away. Because if it's all about you, it will not work. You will not fly. It's about being the most unselfish you can be. And it ain't easy. Because women are crazy. (laughs) They're difficult to grasp. But yet, we of course are unusual to them too. So this is where God started. Male and female, he made them. But that's not at all he honored. Life goes beyond just male, female. He also honored our existence. Because at the finish, he said... I've made them in my image. That's why we don't kill our babies as Christians and started that trend in the Roman times when they were killing their babies when they didn't want them. The idea that we shouldn't murder a baby is a Christian idea. The idea that we should take care of somebody that we don't know is a Christian idea. We think it's compassionate now. We need equality now, right? Everybody's got to be equal. And somebody's got more money than him. It's unfair. Really? You just made a moral claim. Where does it come from? You're telling me it's intrinsic in a human being? you want to make sure everybody has the same? Or do we see children growing up not sharing at all? That's your nature. That's how we see the world. We see the the truth, because that's what you're supposed to be as a Christian. Truth tellers. Understand what the nature of yourself. No, it's sinful. God can redeem it, but you got to work on it. Even the atheist seeks God and he doesn't even know it. Even the atheist understands the way God set it up and he doesn't realize it. What am I talking about? He honors life. What's a birthday? Celebration of life. Atheists celebrate. I just had a surprise 75th birthday party for my mom and she was shocked because she's 60. But still. (laughs) She's already getting that short-term memory loss. So I'm thinking, if I'm going to spend big money on a 75th party, I'll give it to her now so she can remember And then if she makes it to 75 and says, can I have a party, I can say, it was this morning, you know. But anyways, uh, look at the people. He's being mean to his mother in church. Maybe she deserved it. My mother was evil. She used to feed me something called casserole. Casserole, French word. It means mom didn't shop, apparently. Every night, my mom's rummaging through the leftovers, trying to whip me up a casserole. Every night, trying to go through the leftovers, whipping me up a casserole. Hey, by the way, if you're a mom, I love you. But you know why we have leftovers? We didn't want it the first time. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd be called all goners, say. <laughs> She'd whip up that casserole. I didn't want it. Nobody does. So they give it a fancy name to make it sound better than it is. Oh, we're having goulash <laughs> casserole. That's the original pronunciation from the Aramaic Latin, goulash casserole. (laughs) Nauseous vomit just threw up as a lotus, Because it was like smashed up food and smashed up meat. Weird, some kind of rubber barf looking cheese topping. (laughs) Some kind of weird looking burn ward skin graft looking stuff stop that smashed food. I tell her, I can't eat smashed food. I can't eat the smashed food, mother. She said, to the mom thing, you eat like a bird. You eat like a bird. I'm thinking it's because you chew up my food before you give it to me. <laughs> she got mad watching my mouth out with soap. By the way, I believe in discipline. As I said, discipline is part of what is expected from a Christian. Are you disciplined? Do you hear what God says and do it? Do you follow your feelings or do you follow the truth? Do you do what God has asked you to do or you do what you want to do and have him bless it? It ain't gonna work. If you believe Jesus Christ is God, then you are dead. You're a slave. You do exactly what he tells you to do. We're not used to that in America. We want anything, everything, but as soon as we, we ask for it. It doesn't work like that because they don't know what we're talking about. 15 doesn't know, why are you looking at it? Oh, there he is. What are you doing? <laughs> 15, what the heck? This is the kind of television generation we have created. Hey, 15, I'm gonna change your life. See the guy right there? I'm right here. Get your money's worth, 15. He's like scared, make him go away, make him go away. How did he get out of the box? Where did he get legs? But, um, (laughs) Um, I like you guys, you're laughing shifts. I've never seen this before. (laughs) It's so all half shut down. We laughed at the last joke. Give him a chance. <laughs> Do more squeaky cheese jokes. That's funny. Where was I, by the way? Because I'm confused. You know where I was? Look at these people. We don't either. You're just like Mark. We don't know where you are. We can't follow. What? Oh, thank you. One guy way off in the you know like leper colony over here in the side. Look at that, there's nobody he's right in the middle, there's nobody to either side. He's like unclean, unclean. <laughs> and yet he remembers what I said. He's like a stenographer. Let the record show casserole. <laughs> well done. I believe in discipline, but it should be practical. She put soap in my mouth, which is poison. And then she goes, oh, it works. It works. Well, then why stop there? Why not use all the cleaning products from under the sink <laughs> to help the kids? Different sins, different soaps. they dirty words, soap in the mouth. Oop! reading a dirty magazine. Comet in the eyes. There you go. Ouch! Ouch! I'm ready for my goulash now, mother. God said, honor each other. That doesn't just mean married folks. It means men honoring women, women honoring men. Honor us for the fact that we need each other to be complete. Think of this. Everything that God has in store for us, every way that he made the world, he's constantly showing us clues of how it works, even in our everyday life. Think about this. What is a man? He's a man, male, testosterone, single, separate. And yet, here's a woman, estrogen, different, made differently. But God said, when they become together, they become one. Then they have a child who's exactly half of both, but equally different. Three separate entities that are all connected to one, like the Trinity. That's the family. That's why it's so sacred to God. It's why he doesn't want it broken. He's always telling us, here's how it's supposed to work. And we forget, or we don't care. We're not willing to work out whatever's necessary, whatever's necessary, because we don't think it's sacred anymore. And it is. That's why we don't go in and just make our announcements at church or, or go to have our wedding and just make uh, some, some poetry. We give vows. I vow to do this thing. They aren't an audience. They are witnesses. I heard that he gave him to her. She gave to him. And we are witnesses to hold them accountable in front of a pastor representing God in a sacred sanctuary. It's happening all around you. Every second, God's giving you clues. He's here and he's part of this situation that you need in your life, but you're not getting used to seeing it. You need to. You need to get so used to hearing from God that you seek him every choice. I'm going to Walmart. Hey, should I turn left or right? God, what do you think? You think I might have some applications in your life? Maybe. So how personal do you want to get to God? Because he gave us the rules in Genesis. Honor life. Honor birth. What else did God honor in the beginning? Holidays. Holidays. Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. Why? Because I want you to have a day of remembrance that's set aside to honor the fact that I did something for you you couldn't have done for yourself. And then he says, keep doing that. Holidays, what do holidays represent? A moment in history you shouldn't forget. A war happened here, put a plaque so we remember who won, who died, who lived, where justice was served. There's a constitution created here with given rights to a certain group of people. Keep your eyes on it or they'll take it. Fourth of July is my favorite because it's a man holiday. So one day of the year, we're asked to blow something up. <laughs> I tell you that because I spent most of my life in Southern California. Southern California, the most wussified state in the United Stinking States of America. <laughs> there was ever a stinkin' state that wanted to take the founding fathers' original intent for this nation, turn it on its heads because they think whatever they desire becomes a right. It's California. They keep threatening to break off and fall in the ocean, but they never do. I don't want him to die. I just want him to float away. (laughs) See you when you get past Guam. Why? Because they're wussified. They've taken away the very power that we were supposed to have as men. Every time I went to do Fourth of July, it was embarrassing. Hey, can we do fireworks? Okay, but get 55 feet away. Put on these safety goggles. Get behind this plexiglass shield. Don't look directly into the flame. Daddy's lighting a snake pellet. You hear me, men? This is what passed for the 4th of July in California. I tell you that because 14 years ago, I moved my family to Nashville, Tennessee, to the south, to the south. I moved to the south. You know why? Because that's where men really hang out. I went out to get my first fireworks display and realized immediately I had landed in testosterone nirvana (laughs) when I bought my fireworks, and they came with a mortar tube. A package the size of my fist. 15 inches of fuse. Just enough time to get out into the neighbor's bushes. What am I saying? If it can't blow your head off, it's not a firework. <laughs> There's some man over there. Yes, it's just any time you want to move to that section. I'm just saying. You want to know the difference between California and Tennessee on the 4th? Here's California. <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> the old-timers trying to jump in, they can't even give you a thumbs-up anymore. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Woo! That ain't nothing, Bob. When I was your age, we used to hold them. <laughs> it was honoring the holy day, the holy day, the holiday. See, God said it all up in the beginning. What we were supposed to be and how we were supposed to bring that into the civilized world, continue and continue and continue to live in a world that God gave to us just because he wanted to know us, just because he wanted us in his realm. God didn't need us. Seriously? (laughs) He's self-sufficient. He wanted us. He chose us. He said, I want you to have the experience of love beyond anything you can imagine. And I don't have to love you. I am love. I don't have to teach you truth. I am truth. And you are going to be in a season, in a territory that's going to be unique to you. The Christians of 2,000 years ago had a different world, different obligations than those now. The Christians in Syria right now and the genocide going to the Middle East from our brothers and sisters, that's what they got. I don't like it, and I want to try to help stop it. And I don't know why God lets it happen, but he does. And once they die, they go to be with him, and they're happy. But it's still hard, because it's unjust and it's evil. But we get America. That's what we were given. We were given the richest nation on earth, probably the richest Christians that have ever had anything. But God once said to us this, be very careful if you get rich. Because those will be the least I will ever see in heaven. Because they will begin to make an idol of stuff. And when that stuff begins to go away, they will desire it more than me, and they will fall away. That's what's happened to America, by the way. The weeding out has begun. There's way too many churchgoers in America, not nearly enough Christians. Not enough. That's why you have to be diligent. That's why you have to be disciplined. And that's why you have to finally decide once and for all, if Jesus is God and he saved me, I have to die. I am his. And he will do whatever he asks of me. I will do it because I've already got my reward. The last chapter has already been written. I'm good. Leave a trail for others to follow and bring others to the Father so they too can know what it is to have joy and hope even when things look desperate. That's what Christianity offers and it's still happening. Take over and control Green Bay as God comes in and anoints you as you seek the truth and never are ashamed or afraid to speak it. It's our turn now to be Courageous truth has been stolen. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that you're the living God. Thank you that you've taught us truth. Thank you that every moment you've given us something to indicate that you're with us. The fact that we can laugh is something you gave to us as a gift so we can feel joy and experience this thing. The fact that you made yourself available through a book, through your creation, so we could see that the handiwork of God is here, the Father. And you love us and want us to participate in it. And you said that we have access to you and we can talk to you and you'll talk to us. The fact that you want us to include you in every single step. Of our life, every question, every decision, that you are there. And the fact that even when hard things come, we can be at peace. And when we can, others will watch us and say, What kind of people are you?
1: <clears throat>
2: I want that. And that's our obligation. We hope and pray and believe, Lord, that you will not forsake us, but will in fact bring a revival into the United States unprecedented that the world will shake and when it sees the risen God is alive and well in America. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.